My family has this really fun game called the Enchanted Forest. Sounds fun. And it is fun, actually. It's whimsical and magical. And it's basically a board with a town on one end and a castle on the other. And there are trees scattered throughout the board. And you have to go around the board looking under each tree and memorizing which item or MacGuffin from a fairy tale is underneath each, each one. Okay. So it's got like the pearl from the princess and the frog or whatever, or Red Riding Hood's hood, you know, etc. Once you find the item that you're meant to be finding, you go to the castle, say, I know where it is, show it, and that's great. So what you need to do is memorize where everything is. Mm. And because my memory is so shit, the way I do this, by making up a little story as I go. The weird thing is, and I don't know why this is, my stories that I make up are absolute filth. (laughs) I don't say these out loud, of course. This is just for me, so that I know where the pieces are. But it's like, there's a carrot patch on the board. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's a strand of um, Rapunzel's hair by it. So she left her tower, slipping off her Cinderella slipper that she mm-hmm. was wearing, and then snagging her hair on the way to the carrot patch to pleasure herself with the carrots. Okay. Meanwhile, the woodcutter watches from the little pig's village, jerking off, discarding his belt. There's the belt. On the other side of the board, the king got horny and left the castle, just tossing his crown into the frog pond. That's where that is. On his way to see Sleeping Beauty's house, only she slipped out, discarding her spinning wheel needle by the mine, where she went to have a gangbang with the seven dwarfs. So this y- is... you found your mem. Yes. This, this works really well. I, I win it every time, and I've ruined seven story times that I've been involved in. Fantastic. How's the Duolingo job application going? <laughs> I mean, if it works for you... Works for everyone else. That's how you extrapolate that. <laughs> Come on, guys. If you just have to remember the German for Rapunzel fucks the king by the carrot patch. That old German folk song. <laughs> God, those Grimm's fairy tales really were grim. <laughs> it's what the Kaiser had his troops sing before they went into battle. <laughs> Rapunzel fucks the king. Hurrah, hurrah. That's actually what brought Britain into the war. I won't stand for this kind of German you smut. can't be having that said. <laughs> we have our own smut, thank you. Cinderella fucked a dwarf doodah. It could never limit its rampages to just one night a year. Think of how dull Mother's Day would be if we did. <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> I'm going to amplify that and repeat it five times. Good, put a reverb on it. <laughs> Doesn't need it, it's already got it built in. I'm Paul Reverb. I'm a point stamping on a face forever. <laughs> it's still Recommendations Month. Yeah, this week's recommendation comes from the outstretched arms of Chris from the Revisited podcast at Our Visited. And now those arms belong to us. It's a podcast about cultural anniversaries. The MCU, Sergio Leone. We mucked in for an upcoming episode. Although they rejected my idea for a 30th birthday episode back when we were a nothing podcast. So look who has the last laugh now. Paul, is it them? Oh, I hope not. I hope not. After everything. I mean, I mean, I had to celebrate the 30th anniversary. Of you had Goodman. to. It's an institution. Could here not. In Britain. Everyone's got to wear the special Goodman outfit. Yeah. The shorts and the t-shirt. And you go hang around by the bins for the day. <laughs> day well spent. Oh, fuck me. Today we shall be discussing The Purge. Mm. The first one. But not The First Purge. That's the fourth one. Good job, guys. <laughs> so you keep them guessing. <laughs> I got The Purge. Which one? I don't know. I got a purge. I got a purge. <laughs> Oh, great. I love a purge. <laughs> Tonight allows people a release for all the hatred and violence if they keep up inside them. Why don't you guys kill someone tonight? 
because we don't feel the need to, Johnny. Just remember all the good the Purge does. Purge is most famous for its fantastically original premise in which all crimes are made legal for a 12-hour period. Mm. A brilliantly original concept that was just as original as it was when Star Trek did it in 1967. Mm. Different, though. Different. I mean, they called that Return of the Archons. That's not as catchy. Mm. Did Star Trek have Ethan Hawke in it? It did. Weirdly. You know how he's a time-traveling wizard? Ethan Hawke. Aware of this, yeah. The Wikipedia entry is Ethan Hawke is a American actor and time travelling wizard. Citation needed after the act of it. <laughs> no evidence provided. But here he is in a 12th century woodcut. <laughs> now, The Purge started off a franchise of four films and a TV show, each one of which did better both critically and financially than its predecessor mm. until it finally achieved mediocrity. But that's no concern of ours. We're starting at the yeah. shitty end. Get away, Icarus. <laughs> you got a while yet. <laughs> Yeah, we're not getting that close, mate. Surely his his ambition is his fault. Oh no, he's actually he's actually all right. Hasn't even taken off. <laughs> his back of his neck was slightly pink after a long exposure to the sun <laughs> from the earth. Oh, hubris! Uh, critics welcomed this film into their house like a gang of creepy overactors. Matthew Bond at the Mail on Sunday. Were it not for one inconvenient fact, climate change, <laughs> the Purge could easily have passed into movie history as a recent decent. Sorry, rather decent. Recent decent, I like. Recent decent. Recent decent, pleasant. Uh, Slasher thriller. Unfortunately, the Hunger Games got there first and got there better. What? Yeah, it's not. It's not that similar, really. Nothing like it. What's wrong with you? (laughs) And state-sanctioned killing. In that way, it's kind of like Zero Dark Thirty. I mean, I don't know if you know this, but actually, basically, that movie was about a group of soldiers are given twelve hours to do whatever they want. But specifically within a 12-minute window inside the Obama... Com- the Obama? Jesus Christ. There's a conspiracy. 9-11 was an inside job. Look at the files. Do your research, people. Not even worth finishing <laughs> that joke. You get the idea. Etc. Etc. We're going to need you to do most of the work on this one, guys. <laughs> it's one of those days. If you can finish this off and send it back to us, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, Rob Consalves, I think that's pronounced, or possibly Gonsalves, over at uh, eFilmCritic, or ElFilmCritic.com, said, There may be true satire here, but it would take a far less bored reviewer than me to pick away at the flab surrounding the satire. Also a less bored film critic to not use the word satire twice in mm. one sentence. If you're bored, mate, why are you a film critic, eh? I mean, to be a film critic is to be in a state of constant wonder. <laughs> Just ask Peter Bradshaw. Yeah. There he is, spinning in that field. I think this review for the second movie is actually kind of revealing. Whereas the low-budget original focused on a stressful situation, this sequel seems to be more interested in sympathetic characters. <laughs> Loser. That's an interesting approach, I admit. <laughs> Do it one at a time. <laughs> this is going to be the film about good editing and directing, guys. <laughs> we'll worry about characters later. Uh, the public took to The Purge like people would take to The Purge, according to the film. J.C. <laughs> McDermott over at Amazon mm-hmm. says, If someone, say, killed your nearest and dearest, let's just say, killed your nearest and dearest, your nearest and dearest, there is no way in hell that you were going to leave it a f- one full year before exacting your revenge on the little darlings. You'd be out the next day hunting them down. So mm-hmm. I found it strange that whoever, whomever wrote this didn't really grasp human nature. It was okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's all right, but That's no very... fundamental grasp of the human condition. Philosophical and diplomatic uh, review there. <laughs> it's not inherently bad because it fails to understand a few tenets of basic modern <laughs> philosophy. I'm giving it four stars. Slightly less philosophically, ASDFG. Oh, I get it. Over at Amazon uh, in a review titled it. Purge. Uh, it's like a keyboard thing. Oh, nice. It's one of those keyboard gags. And ladies and gentlemen at home, if I could invite you at home to um, perhaps examine one of your own keyboards, 
<laughs> and um, examine very closely the second line. I think you'll be agreed with me. That's that an excellent joke. <laughs> that it is a joke. Whilst you're at it, why not send in your pictures of your keyboards with those keys in a row? We'll all have a good chuckle. <laughs> OGT pod with two Ds. This is the least effort that I've ever had to do to understand a joke. I just turned <laughs> turned my eyes. I didn't even have to move my neck. I didn't even have to use my neck muscles. They're going to atrophy because I had to do so little for this joke. Until I can find a joke that references the glasses on your face. I don't think there's going to be... <laughs> They'll just what? explode into oh, the lenses like in the Carrie re- um, sequel. <laughs> weird pull. It's not even very good. Rage, the Carrie sequel. That's it. Fantastic. In a review titled, Purge This From Your Mind. That one's nice. a slightly deeper pull. You'll need to look beyond your keyboard for that one. Says, one character in particular just infuriated me because he would not do what he did in that situation. Ethan Hawke. That set the mood, brackets poor, for the rest of the film. Plus point, only an hour and 20 minutes long. It's nice. That's a plus point for us because we have to watch this. But surely people actually deciding what to do with their actual lives Mm. needn't think, well, this is awful, but it'll only take up an hour and 20 minutes of it. Yeah, I've I've to no game. You know, I've done that before. I spent eighty bad minutes in a cinema, and it's not it's not better for it. <laughs> I saw Lockout. That was about that long. I I directed Exhibit A Skyline. Oh fuck yeah! Turk was in that movie. Come on. Oh my god. Was it called Lockout? The fucking um, Luke Besson, Guy Pierce thing in a space station. Was it like locked? I do not know. Oh, I was locked something. I refuse to know. I'm worrying that my extraordinary ability to remember any film ever is starting to slip. And that's literally all I have, so... Hang on. Think of a film. Ah! Ant-Man and Wasp. See? Still got it, mate. Ah, oh, great. It was the most distressing episode of Mastermind anyone had ever seen. <laughs> Think of a film. <sighs> Think, can you name a fucking colour? <laughs> God, I miss Magnus Magnuson. He was less intense. Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Book or the movie? Oh. <laughs> Book. Wrong. Oh. <laughs> so close. <laughs> uh, the film has 5.7 on IMDb, 39% on Rotten Tomatoes, 41% mm. on Metacritic, mm. and not even a two-man. Oh, really? Yeah, nothing. Has Ethan Hawke not been in another bad one? Nope. Not once, not in his life. He was, he was Jolly the Pimp, but I was defending that. Not even remembering his character name, Jolly the Pimp. That's, but to be fair, that's quite memorable. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I remember you saying it from the time that we did the episode about it. <laughs> I said it in a very memorable way. Listeners <laughs> at home. Mm-hmm. So, Paul, you filthy swine. Swine! What's one thing about The Purge that made you want to play the rest of, the, of this night out in motherfucking peace? There was not one car, Paul. Not one. Not one car? Carb. Oh, carb. Oh, yeah, brilliant. maybe I do another reading of that. There's not one carb, <laughs> Paul. Not one. Oh, really? Yeah. That that meal they're eating at the beginning is Lena Headey's character was so proud that they're eating a meal without one carb. Although they were eating sweet potato, and I do have to inform them or the writers or, oh, or no, set designers, don't. there is oh, a bit don't. of carb in Let sweet potato. Believe. Let them believe. Look, it still qualifies as keto, but you really got to check your facts, Headey. <laughs> Should have eaten a hot dog. It contains <laughs> none of any of the food groups. Not one thing. <laughs> even got fat it's literally nothing dreams and farts <laughs> but dreams of people that you don't like <laughs> like dreams of privatization and then the farts of those people the hateful dream of a conservative man <laughs> all right paul you hateful dream of a conservative man let's talk about what happens in the purge but firstly before we do i just want to point out that the opening of this fucking movie begins with bloomhouse productions it's like oh jason bloom get out and us and such and then Platinum mm. Dunes. Oh, Michael Bay. And those shitty slasher movie remakes that we're going to get to enjoy next year. They're oh, great. Oh, he's everywhere, isn't he, Michael it's Bay? Already, I've heard a lot about this guy. It's already a roller coaster of emotion. It's, it's already. I don't quite know where I am. Luckily, there's a there's a subtitle on screen that explains everything. That On March the 22nd, we were yeah. a week out, Paul. We could have made this really special for the, Shit. For the Purge fans, the Purginators. 
<laughs> the Purchathons. <laughs> Last week, they were wearing their special neon masks and just thinking, where are they? <laughs> where are the pool boys? Oh, the predators. For us Johnny come purges. Bollocks, Molly. As Purgy comes, like, Purgy come lately. Um, <laughs> it was the baby bearders. They made us. Oh no! Um, guys, could we could we push you back a week so that we can celebrate um Purge Day? And they just stared at us. They stared at us for seven <laughs> minutes, and then slowly sliced off their own eyelids and ate them. <laughs> Ted doesn't know. He's got the last laugh now. Poor was it us? I think it's still that guy from the first time he said that. I think he gets all the laughs now. Oh no. Yeah. Anyway, tell me about this subtitle. This amazing subtitle. Okay, March 22nd, for one day every year, um, all crimes are allowed, even murder, the worst crime, <laughs> um, in order for everybody to get out all their rage and hatred in a very healthy way. Yeah. Commencing at the siren, any and all crime, including murder, will be legal for 12 continuous hours. Police, fire, and emergency medical services will be unavailable until tomorrow morning at 7am when the purge concludes. Unemployment is at 1%. Yeah, how has this helped unemployment? <laughs> like, fair enough. I, I mean, it's pretty tenuous, the idea that this would get rid of, like, street violence and crimes of passion <clears throat> and shit. But how has this helped unemployment? Is there a great industry in getting rid of all the bodies the next day? I believe in good political fashion, they've just really widened the parameters of what em- employment <laughs> can mean. You're not murderer. You're not un- freelance murderer. <laughs> you're not unemployed. You're eating that rat. You're a rat eater. <laughs> a good man. A noble profession. On you go. <laughs> and God bless the new founding fathers because they they're the ones responsible for for. The purgeoning that happens in America once a year. Yes. Then we cut to Ethan Hawke, I think. Yes. Ethan yeah. Hawke is driving in his car and he's listening to the radio. And some guy he's on the radio. Businessman. He is a businessman. He's a sleazy businessman with backroom business yeah. deals. Um, he's done a lot. Of, he's been in a lot of backrooms today. He has. He's been building backrooms, which are actually safe rooms, because what he does is he sells security mm. in order to protect yes. yourself and your family against the purge. Yeah. Twenty thirteen. But the um the radio has this guy on it who's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill my boss. He's really got it coming. And it's that comment that makes me think of something I've not really thought about with this premise before. What's the next day like? (laughs) The next day when Johnny shows up at the board meeting and it's like, Okay, well, I guess Larry won't be joining us. Um, will he, Barry? Now, I know you killed him during the purge. I'm not sure you're still allowed to be wearing his face. (laughs) Nobody said I shouldn't. Is is wearing the face of another man a crime? I don't know. <laughs> now there's a there's a there's an action point on the team agenda that Larry wanted to discuss uh, getting a new water filter, but um, I guess we'll just leave that. <laughs> no, I mean, go on. In 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 respect to Larry, we should definitely discuss it. Don't make things worse, Barry. All right. <laughs> Ooh, I'm Larry. I think we should get new water features. <laughs> uh... Look at you twats. <laughs> uh, I'm coming for you next year. <laughs> um, got room in my face cupboard. <laughs> Maybe this was the, this was probably the first sign in the film that maybe the purge isn't a very good idea. Um, Ethan Hawke's just like, great, yeah, brilliant, purge everyone, and um, yeah, he's driving home. He says hello to all of his cool, his fun Stepford wait uh, neighbours. <laughs> Hello Ooh, there. Very, very happy. They are happy. A little bit saccharine. They are. And one of them says to fucking um, Cersei Lannister that plays his wife, incidentally. In fact, you've made a lot of money off of us. In fact, some say that we paid for your new house. And it's like, well, do people really say that? Well, it's just gossip. I mean, what gossip? Literally, you all bought a service off of him and he used the money to buy his house. What's That's how capitalism that's how works. things work. I'm really sorry, but you're going to have to take it up I mean... with, with the government. You can't. This isn't me. <laughs> when we gave you all that money, we didn't expect you to then have lots of money. We were hoping for, for Sanders 2020 and <laughs> for this to be redistributed to us, not to poor people. Come on, everyone. 
Love it. Sanders 2020. Oh, Joe um, Biden. Go on, Joe. One of them. Fucking anyone. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, so he get he gets home. He's uh, he's big on business. He loves his business. Yeah. And uh, he loves it a bit too much to really give his wife physical attention. Um, <laughs> She's making a, doing a lot really of work. passive-aggressive no-carb meal. Yeah. <laughs> Giant turnip. What <laughs> so can do. Um, some <laughs> sort of very suggestive-shaped nuts. Huh. Looks like you've had a productive day. Yep. The boy, well, the boy's a bit of a uh, recluse tech wizard. He's a bit of a Kevin McAllister. He, lo- he, he looks like Skrillex. Um, <laughs> he's, he's got a lot going for him. Baby Skrillex, as he shall henceforth be known. <laughs> Skrillex McAllister. And <laughs> the daughter is, is, well, she's a teenager in a film, so she's totally estranged from her parents. She hates them. And she loves her sexy boyfriend who's about 48. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Dresses like Bruce Springsteen, and he, he loves to rock and roll. He's a hell of a thing. And um, we have a couple of scenes uh, establishing that they are not a completely functional family, but oh, never, some m- never mind, because it's the purge. Ethan Hawke doesn't like little Johnny shagging my daughter. Yeah, there's some sexual tension running between all four of them. <laughs> Fantastic. But the purge is happening... They they forget basically the purge is happening at seven o'clock and they just have a nice leisurely dinner yeah, while the time got a runs really away. Yeah, they fucking leisurely alarm system. Where it's like, oh, I guess the purge is about to begin. Oh no, wait! Five minutes till murder becomes legal. <laughs> the worst crime. <laughs> Five minutes until we could legally all be killed. Um, shall I hit the button now? Oh, tell you what, let's do the dishes, and then <laughs> I'll put down the shutters that we need to stay alive tonight. There's something a bit cozy about the idea of just bringing all the shutters down, and just being like. Okay, because when, you know, sometimes at night, I'll lock the front mm. door and just be like, oh, all in, all in. <laughs> and now the savages yeah. aren't going to get in. I live in a very rough area. <laughs> Look, I mean, sell that in London. <laughs> they sell those shutters. Go, go on to Ethan Hawke, Jolly the Pimp. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> Jolly the Pimp shutters. He'll get you anything you want. They really shutters. shut you in. Weird. brainstorming the slogan. but Weird amorphic prostitutes, anything. They close down the house for business yep. and uh, Ethan Hawke goes and picks up his Chekhov's gun. <laughs> oh, I probably won't have to use this this year. <laughs> I'll just put it in my waistband. Yeah. <laughs> to not use. I'll load it. I'll cock it and uh, tuck it down my butt for later. <laughs> the daughter finds out that her boyfriend, her fucking um, Bruce Springsteen, has hidden himself inside the, ho- the, ha- the horse. Inside the horse, inside the house. Yeah, the Trojan house. <laughs> and the woman who swallowed the fly at the bottom of the lake. And he ostensibly has come to have a heart-to-heart with um, her dad the one night of the year mm. that he can legally shoot him. So let's, <laughs> yeah. oh, let's see weird. how that goes. Okay, says the daughter. I'm down I'm down with this. <laughs> I just love you so much. Aww. Some of Ethan Hawke's nothing lines are amazing. And one of them is just that he's um, looking through a magazine of boats. And he's just mm. like... Yeah, uh-oh. This one has a car garage. <laughs> Who needs a car and a boat? It's just it's such fantastic. a wonderfully dumb thing to say. I <laughs> look at this. Look at this, wife. <laughs> it was during Lena Headey saying something like, yeah. "Oh, hope we don't all don't get murdered tonight." <laughs> on in the purge. This boat's got a swimming pool on it. After the boyfriend left to have this heart to heart, the girlfriend just put her fucking iPhone things back in her um, headphones. Mm-hmm. Like, good luck. I sure hope everything goes okay. Anyway, back to steps. <laughs> As the same time that he's very slowly for about 15 minutes walking down the hall to speak to her dad, something else is yeah. happening outside. A homeless yeah. man is running down the running down the road, going yes. help. Ah, I mean, they're yes. going to get me now. And uh, The plot to Hard Target is happening just down yeah. their street, which is very upsetting. Luckily for the sequel to Hard Target, Skrillex is here to save the day. <laughs> he he drops the base and there's a intricate pulley system that lifts the, the shutters up yeah. and opens the door for just a second, allowing the homeless man to, to run in. 
and thus be saved. Yeah. But he was screaming and hollering like somebody, somebody let me. I just need a place to hide. It's like you're on an estate. Just go find a bush or something. This place is huge. <laughs> it's huge. It's huge. And it's lit- no, but, huge of a capital U. Yeah, but now he's in the house. What the hell is going to happen? Ethan Hawke and Leonard Hedia are a bit disturbed uh, for obvious reasons. Yeah. But before any sort of showdown can happen, Bruce Springsteen bloody shows up and takes our gun. He's not here to oh, have a fuck. word with Ethan Hawke at all. Not like everyone else would. He's actually here <laughs> to do him an injustice. Like, kill him. Oh, no. He's going to yeah. kill him, at which point he'll be able to come back to his girlfriend and say, good news, sweetie. We're going to be able to hang out a lot more. Oh, great. <laughs> do you want to go see a movie on Tuesday? Oh, no. Clingy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, unfortunately for that whole plan and, and, and yeah. joke, um, it doesn't work out that way. Ethan Hawke pings him in the gut and uh, he goes yeah. off to die, like <laughs> Bruce Springsteen would insist on. Yes. Ethan Hawke goes off to find Zoe and mm. Lena Headey finds Zoe after a long mm. sequence of both of them wandering around with potential homeless man being somewhere about the place. Lena Heaney finds... Lena Heaney? Lena Heaney 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 finds um, Zoe. Heaney Meaney. Heaney Meaney Heaney Zoni finds Zoe and says, look, you've got to come in. You've got to come into this room with us. And the little kid's like, mom. He's like, not now, sweetie. You've got to come into this room. Mom. No, in a minute, sweetie. Mom. <laughs> what? What is it? Why are you interrupting? You're going to want to see this. Just say what it is. This is no time to start being dramatic, Skrillex. Just literally be like, Mom, there are people outside. And I would have, like, not kept interrupting you and making this scene really frustrating for someone who doesn't like to hear people getting interrupted. <laughs> it's a niche concern, but it is very real. <laughs> this is the beauty of horror, Paul. <laughs> yeah, yes, there are bloody people outside. Oh, so no! We better get into our safe room, right? Oh, we, well, we don't have a safe room. The, we don't? The house is a safe oh, room. Oh, so what's this room we're just hanging out in? Oh, it's just a regular room <laughs> with the- windows. <laughs> It's the pantry. I, was, I got hungry. Um, yes. <laughs> mm, flower. There's some scary folk out there. One mm. of them, the lead guy, has a mask. And he takes the mask off to reveal mm. exactly the same thing underneath. The mask is <laughs> off his face. Which kind of defeats the purpose of said mask. It's a Bateman mask, yeah. Um, <laughs> he is... Oh, I can't remember how he's described. Something like polite... Leader. Yeah, yeah, he plays polite leader. Let me introduce this. We are some fine, young, very educated guys and gals. We've gotten gussied up in our most terrifying guises, ready to violate, annihilate, and cleanse our souls. Mr. and Mrs. The man you're sheltering is nothing but a dirty homeless pig, a grotesque menace to our just society who had the audacity to fight back. You don't, (laughs) you don't deliver him by the aforementioned time. We'll release the beast on him and on you. Please just let us purge. An Australian student who just wants to fit in as an American and can't quite get that accent down sometimes. Oh, is he actually Australian? Um, he's actually Australian. He looks so he was, fucking he was Australian. In home and away. Oh god. Neighbors. I forget. That makes so much sense now. Because I think he was in one of them, and the daughter Zoe is in the other one. Do you know what? This They're is both Australians. Oh really? That's both of so- soap opera fame. That's yeah. amazing. Great. So and your next chick as well. So <laughs> soap world in Australia has really given the world some some really beautiful, masterful actors. Meanwhile, Ross Kemp. What you fucking say? Say I'm, <laughs> say I'm not not as good as Kylie. <laughs> no, Ross Kemp, you're as good as Kylie. Yeah, that's what I thought. At um, what? What are you comparing you know what, yourself to here, Ross Kemp? <laughs> Do you know that's that's a cognitive distortion. You really shouldn't be comparing your, yourself to Kylie Minogue when you haven't even produced one pop album, let alone uh, created a pop legacy. <laughs> yeah, Martin Kemp's the one who really has a sort of chance of standing his own here. <laughs> but he's comparing himself to um, Danny Dyer all the time. <laughs> and he's comparing himself to Danny Minogue. It's a nightmare. <laughs> so. 
Full circle. The thing is, thinking that he was an American, I thought, what an insufferable fucking face you have. Knowing he's now Australian, it's like, oh, it's just your face. What a beautiful, wonderful man you must be in real life. You probably take care of kittens. He's a bin man back home. (laughs) It's nothing special. We only said the freaks abroad. (laughs) Real ugly motherfuckers like Kate Blanchett. (laughs) You should see the person who cleans the minge out of my hair. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Please. (laughs) (laughs) Cleans <laughs> the minge out of my hair. Has that Etos post got on any hits yet, Paul? What? <laughs> Clean the minge out of my hair. Minge out of my hair. No, but he, metal album. He d- <laughs> the thrust of his message is: if you don't bring out this filthy, disgusting homeless swine, yeah. we are going to murder every single one of you. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Thank you. <laughs> At which point, Lena Heedy Heedy mm. Heedy turns to um, yeah. Ethan Hawke. Eeny meeny Lena Heedy. <laughs> Eeny meeny Needy Needy turns to Ethan Hawke and says. Well, they can't really get in here, can they? Well, I mean, basically, yeah. <laughs> Everything, <laughs> all of this is just for show, really. Now, look, <laughs> they might dig underneath. They might smoke us out. They might make a battering ram of some sorts. Hell, they could even use the back door, which I left open. But <laughs> the important thing is, we're going to give them the homeless guy first. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, off, off we go and do that then. Oh, no, it won't really, says Ethan Hawke five minutes later. <laughs> During which there's some very emotional stuff where they have a, there's a standoff between Ethan Hawke and um, and the homeless guy who was yeah. in the army. Not said, but su- it's suggested because he's wearing dog tags. Oh, right. Um, yeah. Oh, he's, um, it's, he is the guy out of fucking hard target. Unbelievable. Jim Jarmusch said just <laughs> steal, borrow, Star and Trek and hard purger. target. Those are the two things. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Star Trek meets Hard Target and also some other things. Do you get as to well. keep the Jean Claude Van Damme? No. So <laughs> he got Ethan Hawke. There's a bit he got the... Jolly the Pimp. <laughs> There's a bit where the kid is trying to get the stranger to follow his creepy robot. Mm. At which point he probably re- oh he has a creepy robot. At which point he probably regrets making it so terrifying. <laughs> I'm here to save you. Ah! <laughs> that sounded like... What's that? Sounded like a homeless man screaming. So they find him. They, they, have, they have a standoff. Yes. And the homeless man has the a, a gun at, her, at their daughter's head. Yep. They overwhelm him eventually yeah. and tie him to a chair well, and they <laughs> smash his head up. They're, ra- they're wrestling with him, Ethan Hawke yeah. is. At which point he starts telling the wife to get a letter opener and get him in the wound. And he's just, he's delivering these instructions so dadly. <laughs> get the letter opener! Get the letter opener on the desk! Grab the letter opener. No. Sweetie, get the letter opener. Get it out of the drawer. Not that drawer. Other drawer. <laughs> Press it on the wound. Press it on the wound, sweetie. On, yeah. on, no. Come on, stick it into his festering wound. Look, Come on. Look, look where I'm pointing. Look where I'm pointing. The wound. That's it. No, my eyes. Look where my eyes are pointing. <laughs> I can't my hands. I can't point with my hands. I'm wrestling no. a homeless man. Wrench open his separating wound, darling. Bring him pain, love. Come on. <laughs> Come on, everyone. Bring him hell. They win the fight because yes. they do some horrible things to this guy. Yeah. But then eventually they decide not to do it. Yeah. Well, they decide instead they're going to fight. Yes. Mortal Kombat style. <laughs> and at that decision, everyone starts attacking the house. There's yeah. lots of smashing. A car gets driven through the front door and it would be lovely if they had the budget to show any of this. Mm. Oh, well. But, uh... There's a couple of cool um, <laughs> straw dog style dispatches of people coming in through windows and then just getting blown away and then yeah that's pretty cool and then Assault and Precinct 13 style and then the film sort of uh, loses all pretense of it being a murder is bad type film and there's a fucking <laughs> wicked shootout that happens in a pool fuck room, yeah and it's fucking yeah, Ethan, electric it is and Ethan Hawke has the thing on his shotgun that makes it look like a, it makes the shotgun a lot harder to use and aim it does actually it's like a weird it? sort of 
rack thing. And it's like, huh? Well, it's like when slowing you down. He was in the gun shop, and he was like, "I do like shotguns, but I do want to carry it around like Rambo, <laughs> to, just to make it really unwieldy." Um, without any of the benefit of carrying a minigun around. Look, he works for a defense agency, right? So that was like John the Intern's, you know, special project. Like, look, I made this thing for a shotgun. It's really cool. I mean, it really slows down the process. Hey, my dad owns this place. (laughs) I mean, it's really cool. Yeah, Yeah, I see it now. Yeah, it's great. Love it. We'll fit it to all our shotguns. (laughs) Yay. Even yours at home? Yeah. (laughs) Go team. (laughs) Because I'll fucking know if you don't. He always knows. So Ethan Hawke dispatches a couple of people uh-huh. and um, he, he blows a couple more people away in very cool violence is fun ways. And yes. um, once that's done, then the polite Australian monster, <laughs> just abomination comes in. Yeah. Meanwhile, Leany Heedy Miney Meeny is um, going around yeah. the house looking for bad guys. And it's very much holding her gun as far away from her body as she possibly could. When she really ought to be John yeah. wicking it, just asking for trouble. But yeah, they manage to kill everyone more or less, except Ethan Hawke does get stabbed by Polite Stranger. Polite Leader isn't killed right there. He's killed moments, or scenes later by the daughter. Yes, that's it. The daughter comes in because there's the son, Ethan Hawke and Lena Headey are on the stairs all crying. And then the Polite Leader comes in and is about to kill them all with a big bloody knife. And then the daughter shoots him. Yeah. Um, and then more people show up and they're killed by the neighbours. And then the neighbours turn their guns on the on the neighbours yep. and some of them are killed by the other stranger by the army guy yeah the homeless army yeah. guy and then they all decide to sit around the table um until it cuts yeah. to seven o'clock in the morning five minutes to one of the neighbours the ones who baked Lena Headey cookies we didn't mention that earlier um, but it's the person who said Bitch. the money built their house, I think. Yeah, and then later on it explains that she's um the reason they're doing this is because you made so much money off of us. Yeah. Okay, hands up who died in the purge this year. <laughs> money well spent. What's well, so what's wrong with you? Why do you not get how what life works? <laughs> you don't deserve this. <laughs> Anyway, um, <laughs> with f- five minutes to go, the, the blonde neighbor makes a grab for Lena Headey's gun and um, yeah. Lena Headey rams the fucking sh- butt of the shotgun into this stupid woman's face and smashes it up a good one. And then it ends and everyone leaves. Yeah. That's it. Great. Another successful purge. And again, it really does just have to be said that the movie is very much an anti-violence movie. Yeah. But I was really happy when that woman got punched in the face with the shotgun. It was so which good. Which is not probably how I should be feeling. Well, this this is it. It, <laughs> it was really satisfying. The gore looked really good yeah. on her face after it was pulverized. Um, but as yeah. a film about how violence is bad, it's probably not the way you should be feeling yeah. after it. The problem with this premise is, and the problem with being on the left in general and why most action movies kind of lean to the right, <laughs> is it's not really that great to advocate. You know how we need to solve problems like the NRA? Shoot them. <laughs> yeah, but there's something so delightful about the idea of a bunch of sort of pro NRA young Republicans attacking a house and being picked off one by one by a middle class family. Well, yeah, that that is good. <laughs> the Battle of Lewisham here in the UK is this thing that we celebrate, and there's a plaque up for it now. And it was just a time when a bunch of middle class people came to beat the shit out of some um, like the equivalent of UKIP at the time. Some people marching in favour of white supremacy. And we just all showed up and really disproportionately as well. There were a few hundred of them and then like 2,000 people who hate racism showed up and pelted them with bricks. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I know, it's, it shouldn't be funny. <laughs> we hate racism and violence, but in that order. <laughs> Get them! <laughs> 
Wow. Well, that's I guess that's the definition of why this is a guilty pleasure because the premise it, it's a fun premise in terms of social commentary. Yeah. You know, you can see how they're linking into things like the NRA and um, Yeah, for sure. I I really enjoyed the class-based stuff here. Yeah. I mean, it's a satire of the American dream again. Yeah. All of Ethan Hawke's rationalizing of why it's okay yeah. that they're rich and get to just hide out and not participate in the purge whereas Poor people who can't afford the security just have to be lucky. Yeah, exactly. This is what I liked the most about it. Because, you know, what I'd heard was that yeah. this film was a great premise in a disappointing home invasion movie. Yeah. Coming into it, I really wanted to be on the streets watching The Purge and all this crazy bloodshed overkill glory. Yes. Which is apparently what we're going to get with future yeah. better reviewed movies. Yeah, and I'm, I can't wait for that. That should be fun. But, yeah. but you know, the first 45 minutes of this is undiluted satire. You're up close and personal with advocates of this new American dream as they parrot the ideology yeah. of this invisible government that communicates through speech-to-text public service announcements. And it works for as long as they get yeah. to stay in their bubble. Because, uh, you yeah. know, the, the, the new America is only benefiting the elite, the people who can protect themselves. And I really enjoyed yeah. watching their hollow beliefs crumble the second they're exposed <laughs> to pressure from reality from the outside world you know yeah. you can't just keep saying the same the, ideology part of that public service announcement is something like uh, government officials of rank four and higher are excused from yes. the purge and must not be harmed yes i wonder exactly. if that's going to be explored yeah in later ones so maybe maybe someone goes around trying to kill those guys in order to take their badges to be safe from the yeah. purge There's, it's a really cool idea and i think that you know mm. when, when you're looking at plot holes and and like logical problems with the purge oh yeah i, I don't think it's necessarily the film's problem it's could have been avoided by better exploring the theme of the purge because it's obviously it's yeah. an inherently um flawed system it's a silly idea but one that's i think when you take a silly idea and run it straight yeah and the weird thing is seeing the people who think oh sounds like a great idea because <laughs> yeah i i'd go out i'd get that i get all those pricks yeah. who's been after me my first instinct is just yeah okay i might go out and get someone first of all i don't believe in the death penalty really for anyone yeah. so the idea of going out and killing someone for any reason no one has ever done anything to me in my life that i would consider worthy of death yeah because i don't think anyone's ever done anything that's worthy of death so that's problematic but even if it was just i'm gonna go beat the shit out of someone i know to be a dirtbag hmm. it's still the next day you know yeah. when everyone's just gonna be like Hi. Yes, and and you know when when you've got the guy on the radio earlier saying I'm going to kill my boss, it's clearly just you know it's, yeah. it's magnifying the grudges that people are holding all year round. Yeah, it's a joke about how petty people would, yeah. would be with this. And, but yeah. and I and I do just feel like this film, it was the point they were making, but it maybe wasn't as mm. as well made as it needed to be for, for for people to sort of think that this film wasn't exploring it properly. Yeah. There are obvious plot holes, and um, there are. Problems. You have to suspend disbelief. Yeah. I mean, it's like Escape from New York, you know, yeah. a film in which New York has been walled around and turned into a giant prison. Like, yeah, but probably not realistic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, unemployment thing doesn't make much sense. And I was also thinking, you know, how else would they mm. deter? What special thing would they do to deter murder the rest of the year other than what they... Like, America already yeah. has capital punishment in, in some states. Like, how much mm. more can you do to deter it? I, you know, I don't know yeah. if people would, would buy into that. But the, the problems with the purge itself is part of the story um and i, and I found that really interesting yeah. it's it's heavy-handed but yeah. heavy-handed isn't inherently bad 1984 is it's... heavy-handed um it, sure. the, the problem with the purge is the fact that it loses focus the thing is yes i mean really it doesn't work as a real world thing it works as a um allegory mm. you know it, the the purge represents the blind eye that we're willing to turn to violence when it yes. suits us i think is the idea it's meant to be you know it's amongst the poor it doesn't really matter yeah you know they're bound to do that and middle class people do it in order to have a comfy life you know we can all relate to that and i think that's what 
they're trying to do with the idea of the Persia. Yes. Apparently it came up with this... Um, it just sounds like I've come up with a new shorthand term for Persians. <laughs> oh yeah, he's a Purge. It's because you're, mis- you're, you're mispronouncing the G in, in Purge. The, a purge. Purge. A purge. Yeah. Like binge and purge. I'm saying Purge. I'm, yeah, binge, purge, binge purge. Purge. Yeah. Purge. Pudge. Pudge. So, yeah. the thing about the Pudge is... I've forgotten. Yeah, it's an allegory. Brilliant. It's an allegory. No, it is, yeah. It's, it's, it's exactly that. The only problem is yeah. that around the time that Ethan Hawke goes, yeah. no, we're going to fight back, then it's not about the middle classes turning a blind eye or even confronting it. They're <laughs> confronting the problem, but not in the right way that the previous 45 minutes would demand. Confronting it would mean yeah. maybe having a realisa- realisation and not turning the film into a into a string of fairly thrilling action sequences. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, it does allow that. This premise allows for both social satire and a commentary and hmm. some really cool sort of action sequences where all yes. bets are off. Yeah, no, it, do- it does allow that within the logic of the film, but the, the message the message of... I mean, what's the alternative? The alternative is we managed to convince hmm. them that the purge is wrong. By using a very no, eloquent no. speech, and we got them on onto our side. No, I just want the. I think the deaths would have been better as gritty. Holy fuck! I've just killed someone. Where you feel the weight of of actually murdering someone because the right. people are still dispatched. As, okay. You know, like rather than I think of the woman dressed as the bride who comes leaping off the pool table. She gets shot in the chest with a shotgun yeah. and and yeah. shoots back and smashes a spine on the pool table before falling okay. over. What you want is so it's not it's not that it ends in a shootout. It's just that it ends in a sort of. Um, action style shootout rather than a sort of depressing it comes at night style shootout like more up close and personal like a knife murder or something where you're just you're right up close you know like the the scene in saving private ryan where that german guy is is like forcing the knife into some that guy and going it's really distressing to watch and that would be in keeping with the mood of this i think there's still a way of doing that with guns because the director brought up an interesting point which is that he suddenly was now really afraid of guns and felt that, you know, for all this stuff with knives... I live in London, so knives are still yeah. the most terrifying thing in the world. Me, sharks. A... <laughs> and the sharks. There's a knife kill at the start of this film in, like, one of the CCTV footages. And just something about a guy, like, properly killing someone yeah. with a knife where it's just, like, repeated yeah. jabs. That's yeah. horrible. It happens in Green Room as well, yeah. and it's a really fucking it's unpleasant like the shiv idea. Approach. Someone just scraping at Ugh, your innards, yeah. you know. It's horrible. But he's afraid of guns, is yeah. our director. And that's fine, but, yeah. yeah, that ending maybe is just a little bit too gung gun-ho so to yeah speak. and I, I can't fault it for direction these fight scenes i think they were genuinely thrilling and really yeah. satisfying and i mean they, yeah. they got the gunshot sounding great the impact mm. looking amazing every gun had weight like being shot with um django's guns or something just mm. blowing well, you halfway so across the room true but with cgi blood <laughs> well yeah okay but it's it's <laughs> still i will say still way more impactful than predator the predator oh, was yeah this of one... course like yeah I, I i don't think this is a bad film i think it's mm. passable it's pretty good I, I enjoyed it for the most part i just i just jumping for off the course. final act i just cared a bit less yeah i think that's fair enough i've got to say for me i f- i didn't feel much tension mm. in the sequences where they were slowly walking around the house the standoffs i liked but when they're just hunting the homeless guy mm. and it's a lot of shots of just people wandering around the house looking under beds looking into cupboards mm. My my, uh, my attention went, waned a little yeah, in a way fair. that we're we're interestingly seeing with the Friday the 13th, which we'll obviously talk about when we're ready to share the results of this little experiment mm. with you all. But as we're speaking, we're three in. <laughs> and I have found so far that the first one had a really great chase and pursue yeah. moment where it's like all the way through. It's like, holy shit, she's going to get got. Oh my God, this is happening. Now this is the setup. Ah, And yeah. then all the subsequent ones have just been running through the woods. Yeah. For me, this one 
the purge was running through the woods. Right. Okay. Purge. I, I think for the, for me, for the most part, I kept the tension because I was still reminded of the fact that this was all in a house. And I, and I think after right. recently, I, I've played. We've both played Resident Evil Two, and I've gone on to play Subnautica. True. Despite the fact that you're in this sort of endless ocean, it's very claustrophobic at times, and it's still like picked at that fear in the back of my mind. Of, of being trapped right. and i think it, it did it pretty well cool but i was nice. again everything everything for me was working until the third act okay i enjoyed the third act well enough but i do understand that it's a hypocritical pleasure but i've always enjoyed those i've always enjoyed fucking stephen seagal going to the north pole to literally murder and envi- people who are doing environmental crimes it's yeah for sure it's it's it was, it was enjoyable spend your morals it was... it's it's good fun i think we could describe this as a film with a really good premise some really excellent sequences but ultimately a fairly uneven experience yeah and I can see why it's a cult film. I'm I am now. I wasn't really interested before revisiting this. I'm very interested in those sequels. We'll get there. Very curious what they've done. Let's let's get there. Let's literally come back to this because I think maybe the third one is a little too well reviewed for us. But nevertheless, let's uh, let's persevere. Yeah. We could do one a decade and see how we get on. Sounds good. All right. Well, with that in mind, shall we quickfire? Quickfire. Use of Claire de Lune. Yes. Uh, the opening uh, sequence of people murdering each other on CCTV was very well. Yep. Very well used. It was, and it was apt. some of that footage was apt. really upsetting, which I enjoyed. Yes. <laughs> was it real CCTV footage? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. It, they didn't pull a Street Fighter and put actual footage of atrocities in there. <laughs> okay. The kids. Kind of a weird moment. The boyfriend and the girlfriend, she says, I love you to him, and he's like, hmm. he, he takes a long time before answering, which is like, what the fuck? Are you about to eat her? When he suddenly says, um, everybody says I love you. Try growling. And he's like, he gives her a growl. I really enjoyed her growl back, which she gives reluctantly, but she eventually does. Do it. <laughs> it's kind of playful and fun. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, cool. I quite like that scene. There was, yeah. um, that scene began with the camera panning around to the bed to find that they were curled up behind it, making out. Oh, yeah. And it was a really nice, intimate shot. I'm not used to it from that Australian soaps. Oh, no, wait, he wasn't Australian. <laughs> she suggested it. <laughs> or maybe he was too. Christ. No, he was just along for the ride. Secret Australians all around. He's, he's Australian now. <laughs> Caught it off it. Yeah, it was a really good night last night. Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, you might want to get tested what how do you mean oh my god you mean yeah i'm i'm an australian <laughs> he's got like a cork hat on suddenly you fucking bitch and just van dyke style <laughs> falling over the furniture <laughs> oh um i can't handle the stress i need a tinny <laughs> i immediately distrusted everybody that ethan hawke and lena Headey met in the first five ten minutes of the film yeah it was <laughs> Did you ever watch that uh, Soundgarden video for Black Hole Sun? I did not. Black Hole Sun, won't you come? <laughs> it's very similar as well, I guess, to the aesthetic in Edward Scissorhands. Okay. Chintzy, homey sort I mean, it's of... it's pretty Stepford Wives. Yeah, it's Edward Stepford Hands. <laughs> Featuring Chris Cornell. The saccharin I really appreciated it. Mm. And in, in the first five, ten minutes, it, it manifested as those really awfully cheery neighbours. Mm. I really enjoyed them and that horrible suburbia <laughs> that they're all a part of i'm gonna double bill two ethan hawk moments uh what i'm gonna describe as okay. ethan hawk dad moments which i really enjoyed okay we should say ethan hawk was quite good in this everyone availed themselves well but i i have a soft spot for hawk in this one first of all when he's, t- he's telling his daughter off for having used the word penis he says um we're not in the dormitorium right now okay and they all make fun of him for it but i do just like yeah. the original fluff dormitorium. of dormitorium yeah and then afterwards he's watching cctv footage of outside of the house and notices two neighbors going out together with shotguns and it's like 
summer. Mm. They're going out purging together. Are they friends? <laughs> and Lena Headey sort of shrugs and he looks past the screen with a sort of just <laughs> contemplative face that just really made me laugh. I enjoyed the polite leader when he was giving his, his shouty speech because there were just the occasional bit where it strayed into Australian and um, when he's talking about <laughs> these homeless swine and uh, us fine folk. Failed to deliver the homeless swine. I'm very disappointed as you fine folk. Love it. He he mostly kept it together, but you can't you can't shout and keep your Australian out. <laughs> That's the motto of Australia. <laughs> you can't shout and keep the Australian out. <laughs> he always gets it. I love being here. Oh, after another dad moment. After Ethan Hawke does a somewhat badass fire exchange with the boyfriend. Um, he's, he comes to mm. his senses a moment later and says, Is Zoe, I didn't hit Zoe, did I? Oh, yeah. It's just, cool. it's just, again, it's just such a dad thing. I've just got him. Yeah. Oh, dear. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> ooh. Oh. Ooh, I, didn't, uh, <laughs> I didn't hit my daughter, did I? <laughs> She's not dead forever, is she? <laughs> daughter? Oh, she's probably fine. Probably going through one of her phases. <laughs> probably on a period, which is, which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> um. There's a really wonderful close-up of Ethan Hawke's face when he checks the door. Mm. I'm not sure if it's when the, the, the freaks are outside or if it's just some other things going on, but he's checking a little peephole through the door. Mm. He turns around and the camera is trained on his face about an inch away from it. And he slowly walks back into the main room of the house with the camera inching away just in front of him, just keeping an inch or so from his face. And especially then that contrasted with when the polite gang leader enters later, the camera is backing away and it's almost like tripping over stuff to sort of get away from him. It's less controlled and reflects reflects the danger literally invading the world. It's a nice pairing there. I like the standoff. The standoff between everyone yeah. where um everyone's got someone hostage and all pointing guns at each other. It was very at yeah. guns at night. Sasha <laughs> What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, also that. Also face off. <laughs> when Skrillex was piloting his little by the way, his his little remote control baby thing that he yeah. showed he showed to Lena Headey. His little Sid Sidmobile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, look, I've made some modifications. I've done this, so so it's really quiet, and you can play music on it as well. So it's really loud. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I but, wrote that. <laughs> um, but anyway, when when he's going around, you know, piloting it around to look for the the army homeless guy, he's just sat in the dark in his room backed up against his wall with those camera shades on it was a really good shot he looked very very cool he looked like he, some sort of genius kid villain <laughs> from dread good stuff like unpleasant kevin McAllister. <laughs> dread McAllister. i really like the moment where they decided to fight because it's when uh lena Headey says to um ethan e hawk mm-hmm. what are we gonna do and i'm like what are you gonna do like you've decided you're not giving up the homeless man what the fuck is plan b to die you're gonna try and run away and he's like we're gonna fight and I'm like, oh, of course. You can fight. <laughs> oh, Great. Oh, brilliant. Just find a room of the house with only one entrance. Have your guns and just wait there. Oh, okay. You're going to wander around the house. <laughs> All right. Best of luck. Off you go, soldier. <laughs> when, when, the, when the neighbors come in and they dispatch the polite leader and then it's revealed that they're now going to murder the standards. There's this yeah. really wonderful bit where they're all tied up on the floor and the neighbors are circling them. And the blonde neighbor just goes, so I'll go first and everyone can just join in. Really crap turn-taking Britishness, <laughs> which really made me laugh. In spite of CGI blood, Ethan Hawke suddenly appearing behind that guy and just blasting a bunch of holes in him was really cool. Yeah. The action in this is very cool. It was a good dynamic shot. I w- I'll just say that. The action was very cool. The several bits that we've already <laughs> mentioned. We can say that. Just say it. We can say that literally any time. I'll say it tomorrow if I like. Like right there. Yeah, could do. Not the day after that though. Mother's Day. Not in Australia, mate. Give it 24 hours. Oh, you're going to be all, you're gonna be doing it all day long. I liked it when they were sitting. I liked this next one, Paul. When they were sitting around the table <laughs> watching the, the yeah. minutes ticking away. Just the miffed faces on everyone 
arms, faces. <laughs> the, the, just the miff looks on everyone's faces as they were just yeah. going, mm, what a brilliant purge that was. <laughs> <laughs> you just kill anyone. Oh, I hate you, Lena Hoodie. <laughs> I enjoyed that woman getting hurt. Yeah. I mean, I will, I think, do you have any more? Because I I could sum up with this this one. Actually, the last one I have is just the mess that Lena Hitty makes of Grace. That's her name. Makes of Grace's face. Yeah. It's wonderful. Really satisfying. <laughs> it is wonderful. And I think that is ultimately, it is as incongruous as it is to the tone of the film and to, because I saw other reviews that say this film just turns into a gore fest at the end and it gets quite dull. As incongruous as that is to the message of the film and the tone of the piece, it is quite fun. I mean, yeah. that pool room sequence and Blondie oh, yeah. getting punched in the face. Ultimately, what he has done is he's created some really despicable villains and that's no mean feat. That's tricky. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's quite fun that he's created some villains that you actually want to see get killed. Yeah. Even in an anti-violence film. They're so well done that in an anti-violence film, you just want them to be murdered in <laughs> exhilarating ways. <laughs> Actually... And you can't say that about <laughs> paranormal activity. <laughs> you could. But um, <laughs> no, I actually thought that fucking polite leader got killed way too quickly, which is the opposite of how I thought about the Predator, where I could have done with him dying about two hours earlier. <laughs> Half an hour before the film began. <laughs> the movie just begins with Adrian Brody coming on saying he's dead and then going off. <laughs> Shane Black comes around, puts an envelope under your door to say he's dead already. <laughs> Enjoy the film. <laughs> Don't worry, he's not in it. <laughs> that that bloke, Boyd Holbrook, just finishes the mission and goes home. <laughs> oh, Christ. Yeah. Anyway, did we get cool. anything from the OGT team? We OG got a few things from the OGT Stop it. Sean at Baby Beard Media. Oh, guess I'll read it. <laughs> the one good thing about The Purge is the same good thing about any film with Ethan Hawke, and that is Fuck Ethan yeah. Hawke. Gotta love the Hawke. And I will say, Sean, have you seen Juliet Naked? Is that a friend of yours? Chris, recommender of this film from Revisited, said, It's a really intriguing concept, and there is quite a good sense of anticipation at the beginning of the film when people are preparing. I thought they could have done a lot more with it, but everyone just decides to murder. Just murder. No other crimes exist, apparently. Yeah. I mean, there is talk of doing a heist movie in the Purge universe, which might be fun. Ah, cool. I had my idea during, which is the idea that a bunch of people... I don't know if this is touched vaguely similar to um, something that happens in one of the sequels, which is that I'd set up like an anti-Purge police force whose mm. sole job it is to go around and kill people who are purging. I mean, look, it could, this is going to become sore, I think. There's going to be a lot of int- entrance to this uh, <laughs> franchise. Well, there's a TV show going at the moment, so... I was there. I don't know was it on the Netflix? Plan is to... No, it's an Amazon original, I think. One or the other. Blockbusters podcast said the main antagonist was actually kind of fun. The film was boring, but you can't have everything. <laughs> you can either have an antagonist or a terrible film around him. Yeah. Like The Dark Knight. No, n- yeah, no one's ever ever achieved both. <laughs> and Christopher Bond. Mm. Also, Baby Beard said, it's a movie I don't have to watch to know. We don't have to know each other to love. That was from a... Uh, <laughs> shit, that was from a French New Wave film. Forget which one. Right in, folks. Writing Christopher Bond. True. Well, I, I would say, based on my experiences and prejudices, Goddard. that you should watch it yeah. and properly get to know your best new best friend, The Purge. <laughs> We'd have to know each other to love. Hello, OG team. It's your favourite inept cineast, Paul Salt, here. Of course, what I'm misremembering here is a quote from Antonioni's Liclis, in which Monica Vitti's Victoria says, Two people shouldn't know each other too well if they want to fall in love, but then, maybe they shouldn't fall in love at all. Yeah, it is quite different. I think my version's better. Take that. Antonioni, you dead genius. Finally, Ellen Graham, also of Babybeard. Hello, who are these people? I don't know them. I never want to. God. Anyway, 
She said, the best part was probably the tension after the actual movie between the neighbours. A more interesting film would explore how a society could actually live in the aftermath of allowing everyone to murder each other. Yeah, precisely. Just like, what what is the next day like? There is, hopefully, look, Purge 5, 6, 7 and 8 will just get into, sort of, they'll get Mike Lee in. They'll do a <laughs> kitchen sink drama with Timothy Spall. The whole thing is set literally in the 24 hours before the next Purge. And it ends sort of on as at 7 o'clock when it starts. And it's just all about everyone dealing with the bitter horror of last year. That'd be nice. Yeah, beautiful. Go on, Mike Lee. Jim Broadbent's in it. Stop being such a loosh. Thanks, OG team. Thanks, OG team. Team, 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 team. Team. That's Skrillex. For all the Skrillex fans out there. That's the Skrillex. One better thing. The one better thing. I'm going to home in on the home invasion angle. Inside, which is a film directed in 2007, uh, à l'intérieur, uh, directed by Ju- uh, Julien Maury and Alexandra Bastillo, uh, about a stranger breaking into the house of a pregnant woman, hoping to take her unborn baby. With a pair of scissors. It's, uh, yeah, God. What sets this one apart is that as the film progresses, we begin to realise how total the web is that this invader has spun around her. It's dark, it's utterly unremitting. Switchblade romance also comes to mind when thinking about the gritty and bleak aesthetic and the inexorable route that the story takes. Mm. Uh, it's bloody and gory. It's a truly horrifying film it's got a palpable captive feeling throughout for the audience and ultimately ultimately it just keeps the point and mood way more capably than the purge mm, absolutely i meanwhile am going to recommend another highly controversial film um <laughs> fairly divisive it's assassination nation mm. now the idea of this film is that it's four girls who live in a typical american society i think it's salem in fact every now and then somebody's phone gets leaked only everybody ignores it because it's happening to someone else and they just quietly participate in the judgment and condemnation of the person who's been leaked. Mm. Then one day, most people get leaked. <laughs> Almost everybody's phones get leaked. All of their private stuff, all of their... Sh- uh, there's actually a line that one of the characters has about what she would stand to lose if she um, were to have were to have her phone hacked and she talks about nudes, mm. embarrassing porn history and life-altering shit talk. And that's basically what gets spread around. Suddenly, all of the veneer of civility around these people disappears. And what's interesting is that in this particular situation, suddenly everyone looks for a group of women to vilify (laughs) and persecute. And it very much becomes like a modern telling of the Salem witch trial. And somehow, our lead character and her friends become the focus of all of the hatred. And suddenly all the guns are coming out and there's no rules anymore. All bets are off. I really liked this one. I thought it was great. I thought the... It was a bit... It was a very cynical look at modern life, certainly. And very frightening. Yeah. I think I cleared my internet history when I got <laughs> home. You know, just... Just, yeah, just in case. You don't need to know <laughs> about the sort of stuff I'm into. Googling weird pregnancy stalking porn. <laughs> made by weird French directors. It's got John McHale in it as a sort of dirtbag older figure. Oh. It's got... Yeah. <laughs> All right. Seems to be just playing shitbags these days. Bill Skarsgård, new Pennywise, he's in yeah. there. But yeah, there's fabulous performances from like the lead, Odessa Young. The characters can be a bit thin, but it's a really interesting film. It's very stylishly shot. Mm. Um, fantastic editing, really frenetic. It moves along at a pace like young Oliver Stone. Cool. It's um yeah, it's got a lot going for it, and it's really interesting. So I'd recommend giving it a watch if you've got the stomach for it. The movie actually starts with a trigger warning and a quick montage of things that you can expect to see in this film, including stuff like really horrible misogyny and homophobia and such. 
Uh, there's a trans character in the film who um, is also sort yeah. of... Actually, I don't remember anything... Sp- yeah, actually, yeah, they try to kill her. So, yeah, try to... But it, it's it's also kind of about empowerment in the same way that The Purge is, in as much as this persecuted group of women eventually just pick up guns and start shooting the people who are coming after them, so... Which I think is a healthy way to approach that. Yeah, fuck it. Don't be a victim. <laughs> be a killer. Absolutely. No, nothing between. <laughs> So yeah, I will definitely add that to the to my to watch list. Yeah. You should do the same, listeners at home, Ooh. and also the one about a woman with scissors who tries to <laughs> steal a pregnant woman's unborn child. That Both are good. That one's also social commentary. <laughs> it's about me going around killing women with scissors. <laughs> it's very thinly veiled. It's social commentary, and it's also just a documentary about Paul Salt's life. <laughs> about me and me scissoring, not the fun kind of. Scissoring, it was it though. was it was called Inside Paul Salt initially, but um, after the publicity seemed to confuse people into thinking it was about a struggling folk artist in Greenwich Village. They had to change. <laughs> about a fucking radio DJ up in Merseyside, yeah. the other Paul Salt. <laughs> they had to change it. They had to, and they gave it a French name because it's fancy. Pretentious nonsense. Don't watch it, everyone. Watch Assassination Nation. <laughs> Les Nations de l'assassination. Easy. Languages are easy. <laughs> Languages are really easy. God, I don't know why these interpreters get paid so much. That was the one better thing. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> was it? <laughs> you tell us, folks. Tell us, interpreters. We literally have no idea. The one better thing. Paul, how can people find out about <laughs> one good thing? Well, thanks first to Chris at Revisited for clearing the path for me to experience new horror and old heavy-handed analogies. <laughs> uh, check out Revisited on iTunes and find them on Twitter at rvisited. Thanks, Chris. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Gmail. It's all OGT pods. You know the score. But if you don't, it's OG- at OGT pod and OGT pod at gmail.com. <laughs> We're available on iTunes, Podbean, YouTube, Stitcher. Follow us wherever you want. And uh, really do, if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter and Facebook because we do put the call out for the OG team on both platforms most of the time. Uh, as Sean from Babybeard mentioned last week, we're now proud members of the A Lot of Green Network. You can find us and many sure. and many other great Australian <laughs> podcasts at alotofgreen.com.au. That's it from me. <laughs> That's my new catchphrase. <laughs> Love it. Fantastic. Brand new. Ah, wonderful. Well, I'm Paul Salt. That's it from me. Ah, and remember, the one good thing about the purge is watching a whole bunch of people who think that killing is the only answer getting mercilessly killed because it's the only answer.